This is the remix. On the baseline. Turns it back out to McCabe. Oh, yeah. McCabe oh! What? What? Oh, man. Was that before or after he got he got stiff-armed in his, yeah, in his chest? Yeah, Ashworth put his hand straight out and pushed McCabe. What did they call? A travel. Well, he, he traveled because Ashworth pushed him. That's a makeup call, no question. I think the first thing I should say is I hate you both. Now Keyshawn Hall on him. Go! Throws it out top to Barristow, back to Ashworth. Ashworth in the lane, spins, has it knocked away, but it rolls to Aiken, and then Aiken... What? They say they a foul on Keyshawn Gilbert. Or no, they call it on Heartless, and that's his fifth. That is an absolute... He's not even there! Heartless He's not even there. even there! He's not even there! And the Rebel coach is making the point to the official that EJ Harkless wasn't even there. And they're not going to change it. And Harkless fouls out of the game. Harkless fouls out of the game on a play where he wasn't near where the foul was called. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Harkless was near, and Harkless did commit the foul. They did overturn it, though. The refs did go back and call it they on They overturned it because he came back in. I think, yeah, I think they called it on Keyshawn Gilbert. But in. Harkless was fouled out of the game, and it was 100% the right call. Harkless committed the foul, and the refs, for whatever reason, overturned it. Um, yeah, but what happened after that, by the way. You see him walk past the coaches? Harkless going to the bench thinking he's fouled out got into a yelling match with John Cooper, the assistant coach. Not really sure what they were arguing about, but got into an argument with John Cooper and wasn't a great look. Harkless doesn't foul out. Harkless comes back into the game, and then Kevin Kruger took him back out like 40 seconds later. Right. Like Harkless only played like another two possessions and then didn't play to in the... Well, he did come back in for the defensive possession for Jordan McCabe. Um, but yeah, very... Strange into that game or not into that game for EJ Harkless there. Uh, big deal at all. I, I know we don't know what they're yelling about, but big deal. I mean, that I think things is... happen. I think things happen in the heat of the moment uh, and can't overreact. I don't think he's had an issue before. Not that we've seen, not right. publicly. So I don't get too worked up about it. Not a great look when it's happening in the moment, but I think things happen. And, you know, you're you're about to lose your fifth game. Um, he's not happy with that. He only played 13 minutes. Is that right? So EJ Harkless, 13 minutes. He picked up two fouls early in the first half. And you know, his offense was actually pretty good in the first half. So there wasn't really a rush to bring him into the game with those two fouls. And then he picked up two fouls in the second half to get him to four total. So 13 minutes, two points, one of five shooting was EJ Harkless's stat line, which if at any point you said Harkless had two points in a game, you would assume UNLV was losing by 30. Right. Because who else is scoring for this team? Keyshawn Hall. Keyshawn Hall scoring for this team. <laughs> Keyshawn Hall did not play a single minute in a Mountain West game until last night. He played 26 and scored 19 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. He did foul out late in that game when UNLV was having to foul in the last minute. Uh, but Keyshawn Hall was their most efficient offensive player last night. 
and it was kind of incredible given that we haven't seen him play. Okay. But so, mop up time. Hindsight, should he have played more this year? No, he's the worst defender on the team. Okay. Despite leading the team in scoring, UNLV was outscored by nine points when Keyshawn Hall was on the floor because he genuinely can't, can't guard, guard anybody. anyone. He made a layup late in that game. Game's close. He makes a layup. Great play. Immediately back on the other end, Utah State. Ball screen. Keyshawn Hall switched onto the point guard. He drives past him. Keyshawn Hall fouls him and one layup. Like that was that's that's what you get out of Keyshawn Hall. I the comparison I made uh, last night watching it was he's a more compact version of Brandon McCoy. He's shorter, little bit little wider than Brandon McCoy. But if you remember, Brandon McCoy at UNLV was awesome offensively. Yeah, the guy he, was an incredible offensive player. Couldn't not guard good anybody. at all defensively. Every single him. possession defense yeah, targeted McCoy, and they said, "How do we make that guy right. defend make the one to defend the ball?" Awful defender. That's what Keyshawn Hall was yesterday. He was great offensively. They just threw it to him like 12 feet from the basket. Just let him go. And he was very efficient in basically a sort of a face-up, post-up situation. But again, couldn't guard anybody. Couldn't guard guys in the post. Couldn't guard guys on the perimeter. Couldn't guard anybody. So if UNLV is going to play the defensive scheme that Kevin Kruger wants to play, Keyshawn Hall can't be on the floor. Because if he wants to switch five ways and all that, you can't hide anybody. Right. If Kruger's going to change his defensive scheme, you can find ways to hide worse defenders. And maybe there's some minutes for Keyshawn Hall to play. But if they're going to continue to switch everything and play this man to man all time defense, Keyshawn Hall can't play because you can't defend. He's he's the worst defender on the team. He can't do it. So should he be playing more minutes? Only if Kevin Kruger is going to change their defensive scheme, which. I don't think he is because he hasn't shown that he's going to yet. Maybe a one and five start in Mountain West plays enough to change it, but until they change their defensive scheme, you just you just can't live with what he does on the defensive end. Even though it's great on offense. Um, which by the way, Kruger benched David Mawaka. Yeah, instead of and started uh he started Victor. Yeah, Victor Iwako starts instead of uh, instead of David Mawaka. Those are Mawaka. two different guys. And for a little while it looked like David Mawaka might be hurt. David Mwaka might not be available, but he played three minutes. He came into the game only for three minutes, but they played victory Waco to start. Keyshawn Hall got playing time over David Mwaka. Carl Jones Our buddy. even got playing Our buddy time got a minute. over David Mwaka. Yeah. Now, Carl Jones Carl came Jones. in. He played two defensive possessions, gave up five points, and came <laughs> out of the game, and David Mwaka came in. So that did not work well. And David Mwaka still had to play, but I I don't know what happened there, but David Mwaka got benched, and we had other players uh, playing instead of him. Some that worked out okay, some uh, not quite as much. But here's the big picture question for you. You know he's 1-5 in, in the Mountain West. Here's a stat. Um, worst Mountain West start since 2014-15. Even Marvin Menzies never started 1-5. Can you know, what, What's the definition of success now? What's like the definition of turning this season around? As far as record, yeah, like what, like into the into the Ooh, regular season going win. into Mountain West play. What's what are we looking at and saying good end of the season? I was going to say win a Mountain West tournament game. They haven't I, done that in a long time. Well, yeah. they win the first round well, of games. They haven't. Won I don't the think this is going to happen. But if it ended today, they'd have to go four and four. They're going to have to pretty much yeah. regardless. You got to get to the top uh, three. Si- no three. Oh, you're right. You're right. Right to go four and four. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Top six. Top Pass- six. You yeah. have to go. So seven I still through, think they can get to the top six. Seven through eleven play play four have to win play, four have to and win four. four and four days. So can they? 
Can they get to the top? I I wouldn't say that if they weren't in all these games. Yeah, and he's right. Wait, I no, mean, it's top, it's I, I top five. If they were just oh, it's top, top five? five. Yeah, because six it's plays top. eleven in the first round, so top five get okay, the that's... get the buy. Well, I just I wouldn't say it if they weren't in all these games. I I think there's a chance they can start winning some of these games and 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 start you know improving the record. One and five is hard to come back from. Right. I mean, just to go what ten and eight. The rest of the way, they have to go nine, nine and, three. and three. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> right, they've already lost five. Yeah. Now the schedule is a little bit easier here. Next, right? They get Fresno State yes. twice. They get Wyoming. They get twice, Wyoming. Who are the bottom? Nevada's in the middle there, which will be a tough one. But they get and they get Air Force in there too. So they get some of the worst teams in the conference here. In they the can next get healthy stretch. on the record. But then they end the year with another game against Nevada, another game against San, Boise, Diego, San State. Diego State. All um, on the road, by the way. Right. And so it. The end of the schedule is rough. So even if they can rip off sort of four out of the next five, they're going to have to put together an incredible run to Still actually have to go at Colorado State. Right. Where to actually saw what get. happened the other day. So it's a uh, like even if just to get to eight and ten, they got to go seven and five the rest of the way. And I don't know if they can do that. Can they go seven and five the rest of the way? Yeah, Yay. because of all the teams you just mentioned. They, I still think they get San Jose State at home. Um, right. Because they were on the road there. Yeah. Which team, I'll check on it, which team, isn't there a team that you only play once? There's two of them they only play once. Um, they uh, This season, I think it's Air Force. Air Force. They go, where's the Air Force game? They host Air Force. They do not go to Air Force. And the other one is, I can't tell just by looking at the schedule really quick. Do uh, they go at Laramie? Uh, yes, Wyoming is on the schedule twice. Fresno's on the schedule twice. So, but they they only get Air Force once, which hurts which hurts your overall record. Yes. Normally, you'd look at that and you'd say, "Well, that's good for our NCAA tournament resume because you don't want to play the you want to play the good teams, not the bad teams." But if you're just looking at your Mountain West tournament seeding, you want the bad teams. New Mexico is the other one. They do not play New Mexico again. So, San Diego State, Boise, Utah State. I'm trying to think to get to five. Be kind of tough. They would. They New would Mexico. need. Basically, they would need to beat Fresno State twice. They'd be need to beat Wyoming twice, which they very well could. That gets you four more wins. That gets you five conference wins, right? And then after that, you need to win a home game against San Jose State. You need to win a home game against Air Force. Okay, that's so that gets you to that's, seven, that's seven Mountain West games. You go to Colorado State. You go to San Diego State. You go to Boise State. You have home and away against Nevada, and you host Utah State. So you're if you win all the games against the blower teams, you're on seven. To get to four or five, you're going to have to win probably at least ten Mountain West games. So you're going to have to win all the games you're supposed to win and pull off three. I don't know if those will all technically be upsets, but you're going to have to pull off three upsets there. I don't know if that's happening. I don't know that they're winning three of those games. Two Nevadas at you or at San Diego State, at Boise State, at, at Colorado, Colorado State, State, home to Utah State. I don't think they're winning three of those. Maybe they've been close in a lot of these, so maybe yeah. they get some close game luck or something. But as of now, that seems pretty hard to do. And even then, if you're ten and eight, even if you pulled that off, you're ten and eight in the Mountain West. You're the five seed. You're still probably not an NCAA tournament team. You're still probably no. needing to win no. the Mountain West tournament yeah. to go to the NCAA tournament. And in which case, we we'll, we have this argument every year because you know he's always in this range, and we'll probably do it again over the next month or so. I'm going to argue it's better to have the six seed than the four or five seed. And go four and four. Yeah, because then because then you get because your first game will be against Fresno State or something like your first game is going to be against the team you should win, right? And then you avoid San Diego State until the Mountain West Tournament final, 
But we can have that argument over the next month right. or so. It'll be a fun one because that's uh, that'll be the ceiling there for UNLV. Um, so yeah, one and five starts Mountain West play somebody because I tweeted out the whole this is their worst Mountain West start since 2014-15. Somebody tweeted at me so best non-conference start in 30 years followed up by worst conference start in eight years. Tells you something. Yes, that is what happened this season. And maybe we didn't predict that it was going to be that extreme, but we did talk about how weak the non-conference schedule was for a very long time in the summer and before the season started. And it's been about as extreme as possible. I will say the Mountain West is much better this year than I expected it to be. I don't think many people thought the Mountain West would have this many capable or competent teams, this many teams that could go to the NCAA tournament. So oh, they've got you start looking at bracketologies now and they've got three or four in every time. Oh, the 10, 11, and 12 seed lines are littered with Mountain yeah, West. Teams. Yeah, the exactly. bubble is gonna be just like seven Mountain, Mountain West, West teams. teams. San Diego State's in, the rest of the Mountain West is on the exactly. bubble. <laughs> Some of them are gonna get in. But it's it literally it's it could come down to like Utah State's the last in and Boise State's the last out. Right. New Mexico's because, somewhere in the middle. Because Utah State beat Boise in the Mountain West tournament. Right. Like that. That, that could, could be, be reality in this conference because of where all these teams exist. All right, coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's Briefs. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Bischoff's Briefs. Demand to see life's manager. Bischoff's Briefs. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. Coming up in 10 minutes, Adam Candy's going to join the show in about 20 minutes. We are going to have tickets to give away to go to WWE SmackDown as they come to Las Vegas a little bit later this year. Alan Snell of LV Sports Biz had a good story over the long weekend. UNLV paid $2.2 million to host football games at Allegiant Stadium in 2022. UNLV pays to use Allegiant Stadiums. It's basically paying the utilities. I believe the staff that has to work those games is included. In that, so 2.2 million that comes out to an average of around $360,000 per game per loss. Uh, UNLV, if you remember a few years ago, UNLV's use of Allegiant Stadium was a big topic. That was the most for, you sound like John Mulaney in a while <laughs> for the uh funding for this stadium to be approved. And UNLV's use was why some legislatures said they voted for Allegiant Stadium. While this was happening, part of the deal for UNLV was that they were going to have to pay utilities. They were not going to get to just use the stadium for free. They were going to have to pay the Raiders how much it costs to turn the lights on or pay staff or clean up bathrooms, whatever it is. And when this funding was being approved, the estimated cost for UNLV to operate Allegiant Stadium was between $150,000 and $175,000 per game. For a game. UNLV paid $360,000 per game this season to operate Allegiant Stadiums. How did the cost double? Or triple. 
what happened here? What like how did we go from hey maybe you'll pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars to three hundred and sixty thousand dollars? Electricity went up. Like that's that is a massive miscalculation to the point where you UNLV should have been paying roughly seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, maybe a million dollars for an entire season to use Allegiant Stadium. They paid two point two million. For an entire season, they basically lost out on a million plus dollars on what was estimated when funding was approved for UNLV to use Allegiant Stadium. Genuine question. How much money did UNLV lose playing at Allegiant Stadium this year? I mean, if you're telling me they paid $2.2 million and you get about 15,000 fans a game, you lost a lot of money. So... When they were at Sam Boyd, UNLV owned Sam Boyd, so they had to pay the utilities to play at their own stadium, right? The estimated cost for them to play at Sam Boyd was fifty to seventy-five thousand dollars a game. Fifty to seventy-five. That jumped to three hundred and sixty thousand dollars this season. So just comparing it to Sam Boyd, they're paying three hundred thousand more dollars per game. Attendance-wise, because the the thought process is, well, we'll pay more, but we're going to get more people to come in. Last season at Sam Boyd, 17,000 was about the uh, average, average attendance. It was 22,000 this year. So Announced. they did get more people, but they got 5,000 more people. That probably doesn't make up for no. the jump from 50,000 to $360,000 right. in what amounts to operating cost of the stadium they're at. Also, didn't they make some money on the back end because they could then rent out Sam Boyd for events? No, Sam Boyd had to close. No, I meant previously. Oh, yeah, yeah. So UNLV made money because events would be at Sam Boyd Stadium. Because Sam Boyd is forced to close, there is a clause in the lease where UNLV can get $3.5 million a year from Allegiant Stadium. They have yet to get that, though. Because it's not guaranteed. It's just a possible payment. UNLV has not gotten $3.5 million. Because of Sam Boyd? So when Sam Boyd was closing, when they when they were deciding on this, it was like, all right, Sam Boyd has to close because the Raiders were like, we can't have another competing venue. Then we won't get all the events. So they were like, Sam Boyd has to close. And UNLV said, well, we make money off of Sam Boyd because Monster Cross is there or whatever it is. And Motocross and Monster Trucks combine those into one. And so the agreement was, well, UNLV makes about $3 million off other events. So... We'll set up a payment so UNLV can make $3 million from Allegiant Stadium every year. But it wasn't guaranteed, and UNLV has yet to get that $3 million a year. Okay, based on what, though, that they that they would have had events at Sam Boyd? Right. So how did they decide that they're not getting the $3.5 million? It's a part of the funding of the stadium, and if they don't get to certain goals, it doesn't. UNLV doesn't get the $3.5 If UNLV million. doesn't get to certain goals. No, no, if Allegiant Stadium doesn't get there. It's like if you, if it's, Allegiant Stadium makes enough money, then $3.5 million goes will go back to UNLV. To UNLV. But and, if Allegiant Stadium doesn't make enough money, then UNLV doesn't get $3.5 million. And I think uh, Allegiant is going to find a way. To I was, to not, I was just going to say that that's... A lot of power on their side to say, well, hold on here. We uh, we don't want to pay the $3.5 million over to those guys. As I've said multiple times, we somehow gave the Raiders $750 million and all of the power. Oh, yeah. And literally yes. everything. They we are place. not hosting the World Cup because the Raiders said no. Right. Like, what? We are going to host the Pro Bowl every year, though, because that's an NFL event. 
but we're not getting the World Cup because the Raiders said no. We can't even really host soccer games because the stadium's not wide right. enough because the Raiders didn't build it to be wide enough. So we gave them a lot of power here. The funniest part of Alan Snell's story on this, though, to me anyways, the single game that cost UNLV the most money this year was the season opener. And if you remember, UNLV was not allowed to play on their home turf. They had to play on the dead grass that the Raiders were going to replace full of dirt spots because the Raiders didn't want to move the field in for UNLV's game. And that's the game they had to pay the most. Back when we talked about this, we had the conversation and I was like, I pulled up their lease agreement. I was like, it says in the lease agreement, they get to play on their home turf every single game. And we came to the idea that, well, maybe UNLV and the Raiders cut a deal, right? Maybe the Raiders were like, listen, this is going to be a real pain for us. What if you pay play on the grass and UNLV would have said, well, it's in our contract and said, okay, well, what can we do? UNLV certainly didn't get a break on the operating cost for that game because they paid more for that one than any other game that season, and they played on some dead grass. Yeah, but they had to write a check to the Idaho State 12-year-old coach. <laughs> maybe they just had to give that kid maybe, like maybe they had David to give Buster's that kid like cards. Per diem or something like nah, that. Nah, he'd just give him Zots. David Buster's day. He'll be fine. <laughs> Love that Idaho State offensive oh, coordinator. Beautiful. Whatever he was. Specialty control. Uh, so... I think there is a genuine possibility that UNLV lost a significant amount of money playing football games at Allegiant Stadium this season because there's no way that those numbers make sense for UNLV to have made money when their attendance, if their attendance had jumped to like 30,000, that's one thing. Then you'd be like, all right, but it Maybe jumped broke from even. 17 to 22,000. Right. I can't imagine they made money. And here's long term here. If UNLV continues to have to pay $2.2 million to play in that stadium every year, and UNLV continues to have 20, 22,000 fans. And UNLV does not get the $3.5 million each year. When does UNLV have to consider moving out of Allegiant Stadium? Uh, I, I mean, I don't think they ever would, to tell you the truth. If you're losing money every I mean, year I, yeah, on it, don't, don't you have to I talk about it? No, I don't think they would. I think their whole idea is to get into Power 5. And if that never happens... If the Pac-12 yeah. expands and it's not UNLV and we get the breakoff of Group of Five and Power Five, and UNLV's stuck in the Group of Five, you're never what getting in. What would be in. your alternative? To open up Sam Boyd again. Oh, I mean, I'm going back to the legislature and I'm saying, listen, you guys screwed us. Yeah, you made us close this because you thought this was going to be a good home for us. We're losing money every single year playing here. So either you guys make the Raiders make this more tenable for us, or we need a new home. I'm not saying we can't you're afford. wrong about what they should do. I'm just saying perception-wise and everything they say about the stadium, they would not do that for a very long time. It's not. I think it would take a very yeah. long time before they would even admit that they should go back that to Sam Boyd Stadium. they're getting screwed? Yeah. Yeah, at least publicly. At least publicly. Now, behind the scenes, I'm sure they see stories like this. And they're hitting their heads against the wall. And they probably see stories like this and they go, oh, if they only knew half the t- <laughs> half of it. Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, Adam Candy joins the show. You might have seen him at your local YMCA arguing with a U-12 coach. Let's tee it up with Adam. Wait, it's a ref segment? Wouldn't it make more sense if it was a golf segment? Whatever. Let's tee it up with Adam Candy. 
Uh, Adam Candy is going to help give the New York Giants their uh, deserved airtime on this show. But before we get to the Giants, he's also a resident referee. And we have a very important question based on a tweet Michael Gelkin sent that uh, the Cowboys punter, who is also their holder, apparently grabs a white piece of grass before every field goal or PAT and sets it down so he knows where to set the ball down, gives them a little visual cue of where to set the ball down for the field goal to be kicked. And he got told in the playoff game against the Buccaneers he wasn't allowed to do that. Do you have an explanation for why that is? I'd like to point out, first of all, that it was the second point after miss. So it seems that Brett Morrow was able to miss all on his own without <laughs> help from Brian Anger's grass issues. Uh, I believe you would say that that would be altering the field. And I don't believe that any player is allowed to alter the field. I'm, I'm trying to go as letter of the law as possible because I can't imagine <laughs> without someone pointing it out to an official who would even notice that the guy was grabbing a blade of grass. Yeah, that's that was my thought was somebody would have like another team would have called and said, look what we caught them doing. But would would another team even care enough to be like, oh, the, the key to their success is this blade of grass. Are you kidding me? Have you ever watched a special teams coach on the sidelines? <laughs> They're insane. They are, they are the craziest people on the team who are not the strength coach. So I think a combination of the special teams guy and like some other special teams player who's sitting in the meeting room really wanting to make himself look good in front of the coach being like, hey, coach, you know what I saw? He picks up grass. <laughs> If I'm the Niners this week, the way he kicked, I'd tell him to pick up a clump of it. I say, pick up as much as you want. Forget the blade. You can pick up. You can pick up an entire clump of grass for all we care. Guy can't kick. Uh, another ref question for you. Uh, the Athletic did a story on the Eagles and their quarterback sneaks, but apparently earlier in the regular season, the NFL sent a memo to its teams because there were complaints about the Eagles, who, when they quarterback sneak, often have multiple players uh, push Jalen Hurts from behind, and the NFL clarified. You can push your own teammate from behind. That's perfectly legal. However, you're not allowed to pull. You can't be on like the side or get in front and like give him a hug or pull his jersey forward. Why the distinction? Why is pushing okay, but pulling is not? Well, think about how the game of football works, right? When you block, you push, right? If you pull, you get called for holding. So it makes sense to me that you can push and not pull. But my issue is not with the officials and it's not with the Eagles doing this rugby scrum sort of thing. What I want to know is when we had this happen on Sunday night football and they were talking about, you know, the butt push and this and this and that, Oh, Tariko and Chris Collinsworth were giggling like little girls, but, but how are we not calling this the cheek sneak? The cheek sneak <laughs> has been out there for all of us to use all year long. And yet no one up until this moment has called it the cheek sneak. I think this show <laughs> needs to be a pioneer in talking about butt fumble, uh, sneak, short yardage, all of this sort of thing. We can be the pioneers. Well, we have talked about bubble butts. Yes, Mike Mayock, big Mike fan Mayock of bubble, with butts. The bubble butts. But now I, I am with Adam Candy. Cheek sneaks is now the official play of the press box. We are going to need to get an official count on cheek sneaks that the Eagles run. I also think whoever the Raiders next quarterback is, or every time we break down one, we need to figure out how good they are at cheek, sneaks. cheek sneaks. That's going to be a key element that and hand well, size. Those are the only two things I, that matter. 
And, and and one more thing for, and this is for Jared to get on. Uh, how many dentists do you see like in strip malls around town? Right. It's like vape shop, nail shop. Oh, there's a dentist, right? If we're going to call them cheap sneaks, couldn't this be sponsored by a dentist? Like, I, th- I feel like we've got the opportunity here to really make some progress in terms of the funding for the press box. Cheek Sneaks brought well, we to you by that. your local dentist. Yeah, we do. Uh, so Adam Candy helping us all out here. All right, New York Giants. They're one of the last eight NFL teams playing. Daniel Jones had a really good game. I'll, I'll ask you just the first feel good. How you feeling? We won the Super Bowl, buddy. We did. We, we did. We, we, we won the Super Bowl. And, and what's most important for me is they won my Super Bowl. Uh, my expectation for this team in terms of like what was the absolute best they could do this year was to get to this round and they're going to lose. But I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so, so, so happy that they got this far and that Brian Dable is apparently a real coach after all of the Joe Judges and Ben McAdoo's of the world. We've got a real coach. Daniel Jones is at least, I don't know, passable, like not awful. Um, we're going to spend too much money to keep Saquon Barkley. I've already accepted that. But whatever happens this week, I, I don't care. I have a good friend who is he's a Yankees fan. That's how he bonded. But he's from Pennsylvania, and he's also an Eagles fan. And he loves to be Eeyore with these things. He wants to be the one who always sees doom coming before anyone else does. But I got him. I got him this week because as soon as the Giants game ended, I was waiting for him to send me some sort of text about how, oh, Giants are going to pull the upset this week. And I just sent him a text that said Eagles 34, Giants 17, because that's what's going to happen this week. I am at peace with it. I am comfortable with it. It has been a wonderful season. I don't expect any more than that out of the New York Giants. You said Daniel Jones was passable. Is he passable enough to get a new contract? He's passable enough for the franchise tag, Ed, and I am perfectly comfortable with him getting the franchise tag and getting one more year because what else are the Giants going to do, right? Like, do I want the Giants to spend draft capital to bring Derek Carr over from Vegas? No, absolutely not. But I realize that Daniel Jones probably isn't the long-term answer. This roster isn't going to be fixed in a year. The the Giants have some nice players. The Giants have maximized everything that they have this year. But is this Giants team going to be ready next year to really beat anyone? No, of course not. Another season like this would be wonderful. I have just enjoyed every Sunday not having to open up the ESPN app, look at the Giants score, and like last year, I would see them up by four points in the third quarter and be like, damn it. You guys need to pull it together and get a higher draft pick. Like to actually root for wins this year, to have set an appointment for myself this past Sunday and said, I'm going to watch the Giants game. I'm going to watch them in the playoffs. And then to be able to celebrate when they win. It has been such a unique experience that I, I, if if that's all I had for now, next year, I'd be so happy. Brian Dable is the best thing to happen to the Giants since what? Ooh. Oh, boy. Um, Jason Seahorn. Oh, my God. Jason wow. <laughs> yeah. It's wow. the best thing to happen to the Giants since Jason Seahorn, since, since a white cornerback got onto the cover of Sports <laughs> Illustrated and made it a whole story about, like, 
the plight of the white cornerback. And they're like, wait a second, what are we even talking about here? And then I bought a Jason Seahorn jersey, and then he blew his knee out, and I still have the Jason Seahorn jersey, and no one's heard from Jason Seahorn in many, many years. Although he did get to propose to Angie Harmon yeah. on, uh, yeah. on the yeah. show, and that, yeah. that was pretty cool. He got to do that. So I think that was the best thing to happen. Uh, Brian Dable's the best thing to happen since Jason Seahorn uh, making us relevant. Jared turned on his mic. I think he's about to try to buy the Jason Yeah, I was actually, my genuine question is, uh, how much you want for it? <laughs> what size oh, oh, is it? We, we absolutely can arrange that because the, the, the jersey is an XL from my Husky days. So it's a little difficult to wear it in public anymore. Adam Candy had Husky days. Yeah, I need he's to told Google us about these. I yeah. know, but yeah. Um, I, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, I was a tub of goo. Oh yeah. I was, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was someone who's like, if I took my shirt off to take a shower and looked at myself in the mirror, thought, "Wow, I don't like you." So oh, that, was the, that was during the Jason Seahorn days. Uh, what other Giants jerseys do you own? I own one of the worst replica. Eli Manning jerseys that has ever been had. Um, it's the white version of the jersey, uh, you know, pun intended, but yes, it actually is the white version <laughs> of the jersey with the red numbers. Um, because who else during that era were you going to buy a jersey for, right? Like, oh, was the Mario Manningham not available? Like, I wasn't going to go for, you know, anybody else on that team. So I had to kind of buy the jersey to convince myself, like, all right, I can buy into Eli Manning, right? So maybe next I have to buy a Daniel Jones jersey. I was going to say, on the current team, who who would you buy a jersey of? Oh, I think on the current team, you've got to buy yourself a Kayvon Thibodeau jersey, right? Because because not only do you get to celebrate a player who might become a really, really good defensive star for the team for a long time, but you get to upset a lot of people because of the whole snow angels thing. And, and when he was, you know, doing that on the ground and apparently making fun of Nick Foles, I don't know. I, I think that the giants need to lean as hard into that as possible. Do you happen to have a Plaxico Burris giants Jersey? Cause that's really what I'm the, the level of player I'm looking for. Um, no, I do not have a Plaxico Burris Jersey uh, for, for anyone out there. Who's wondering why Jared is asking me about this. I'm still irrationally mad about Plaxico Burris and the fact that the Giants, after after they won the Super Bowl, they were 10 and 0. The Giants were 10 and 0 this season after they won the Super Bowl with Plaxico Burris, and that doofus went out to a club and shot himself in the foot with his own gun in his own waistband and take their entire season. In fact, they lost to the Eagles in the playoffs that year. It was so much fun. So thank you, Jared, for taking this joyous occasion of me getting to celebrate the Giants and finding my anger in there somewhere. Adam Candy on ESPN. So you got more, Jared? I have one last. No, this one is more of a ref question that I need to get to because we have SmackDown tickets. Oh, yes. And I need to know, Adam, you're, you're a referee. Could you take a chair shot to the face? For how much? Spoken <laughs> <laughs> spoken yeah. like a troop. Right. WWE, so I'm not guessing that much money. Uh, no, no, no. no. I, it, it, like we can we can negotiate this. Like uh, there's this this face already looks like it got hit by a chair. So one more shot is not really going to hurt anything. He's Adam Candy. Uh, somehow he's going to end up with money for a Jason Seahorn jersey and a metal chair to the face. Adam, I got to wait for best two. Oh, that's a good one. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Wayne Corbett, Jason Seahorn. Jared's going to be broke.
No, I'll, come on. He'll give me a, you know, friend deal. No, he's not going to. No, that's not happening. Oh. That's not happening. It's got it. He knows. No should it? He knows what you want. All right. Yeah. Uh, the reference to WWE SmackDown is because we got tickets to give away to go to WWE SmackDown. If you'd like to win those, seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. That's the phone number. Caller number nine right now at seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. You'll win two tickets to WWE SmackDown. You can't even buy these tickets yet. They go on sale Friday. Friday, March 24th at MGM Grand Garden. That is when it will be here in Vegas. Two tickets, WWE SmackDown, caller nine at 702-364-1100. What animal, if properly trained, would be most valuable on a football team and what position would they play? You got gorillas, bear, cheetah, pretty fast. Pretty damn fast. But you got to think, how is this thing going to carry the ball? Honestly, I think the greatest athletes in the animal kingdom appear to be cats. Big cats. Even small cats are pretty good athletes. I think a lion or a, a puma, that's an athletic creature right there. I've seen a leopard do some crazy shit. This is all leading to what I think the real answer is, which is an eagle. What? No. Their talons are big enough to hold a ball. You snap the ball, you give it to the eagle. It's going to fly faster to the end zone than anything can run. If we know the eagle's on the field, we just put somebody in the end zone and wait for it to try and touch down. Mm. And we just grab that thing out of the ground and throw it out of bounds. You're locked in the press box. Uh, Eagle is the right answer because you don't have to touch. It's not rugby. You don't have to touch down. Are you sure? Maybe we should have asked. Maybe we should have asked Adam. If it's a run play, you just have to get the ball across the pylon. You don't have to establish yourself into the end zone on a run play. So hand it off to the Eagle, let him fly, and just the plane is vertical. He can fly out of the damn stadium. It's a touchdown. Fly through the uprights. That's right. (laughs) The Eagles right answer. If it's a if it's an animal that has to be on the ground, my first thought was hippo. Yeah. Oh, you could do some some uh what what are we calling them now? Cheek sneaks? Cheek sneaks? Well the hippo. The hippo? I mean Have you, you seen you, that video of a hippo eating pushing him? Taking an alligator and literally picking it up and smacking <laughs> it against a rock and the alligator splits the bleep in half. The only problem is the other videos of hippos I've seen is them eating watermelons and they just the, the watermelon just explodes. So <laughs> the ball giving is. him the football and him fighting it is not gonna. We might need we might to, have to stop the well, play a lot. Tom, get Tom Brady to deflate the ball a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This just deflated ball. You'd see that chip in there. Just oh, that's right. We'd find the, the hippo chip. would help find us the find chip. the chip. Yeah, you could spot the ball after the hippo runs with it. All right, I just texted you guys a picture. Uh oh. That I want you guys to look at. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I, 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 oh, I just, just got it. I when I say I just texted, I, I mean just I, got it. You I just texted it. As I was saying, I just texted it to you. Okay. So you guys right. see this, right? Yeah, I see it. All right. So this is some kind of tool. It's like a wire cutter. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's for or for branches or gardening yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, that is a tool stuck in the side of my house. If you can't tell from that picture, that is that is lodged into the side of my house. Ooh, Tyler owns a house. Yesterday, I'm standing downstairs, uh, kind of by our back sliding door, and I just hear a loud thud. That sounds to me like a bird flew into like the window, yeah. which has happened. Which has happened. It happens a couple of times. It happens. I go outside, and right next to our door is this tool lodged into the side of our house. Uh oh. And uh oh. I it it took me 20 30 seconds to comprehend what happened. I still don't actually know what happened because I just looked at this tool and I'm like 
What? Now, what kind of fence do you, you have? You live near Derek Carr? So, so behind our house. based on accuracy and uh, like he threw that at your house. So our like backyard, we've got a... Uh, Give a wall. It's not brick, but it's whatever. The concrete block wall, right? right? And then we're, on, we're at the back of our neighborhood. So behind our house, there's a little walkway where people can walk their dogs. There's little grassy areas. People can, you know, dog can go to the bathroom and all that. And then there's another neighborhood on the, on the, on the other side of this little pathway that doesn't it, we're not connected you can't get from neighborhood to neighborhood but and then there's a small little sliver where the neighborhood behind our house ends and there's a parking lot that has um a bunch of like businesses in it and there is a fence there and like people will jump the fence i'll walk through the fence to go to some of these businesses if i want to eat at one of them i saw some kids walking across the parking lot that i can see but it's so far away, there's no way they could have thrown this thing at my house. Like they. But do you have a wall in the back where someone can get high enough to throw something at your house? Yes. Like, they, like somebody conceivably could have thrown it from the little path behind my That's house. That's what I'm saying. But like, I hear the thud. It takes me a couple seconds. I open the door and look out there. I didn't see anybody. Do you- like, <laughs> I, like, I assumed I would have seen them if they were close enough to hit my house. Is there any chance, the only thing I can think of is back whenever I used to live in an area that had grass and you'd mow the lawn and something would be left on the lawn and the blade would just pick it yeah. up and, and chuck, chuck it. it. That's but the only was, thing I can think of. There was nobody cut like my first, like, so one of my first thoughts. Are in a tornado. Well, okay. My first thought was somebody <laughs> threw this, but like, I didn't see right. anybody that could have right. conceivably done it. My second thought, because of this parking lot, there are cars. I can see some cars that are parked from my backyard. In all honesty, my second thought, before I actually grabbed the tool and saw what it was, I was like, did somebody try to jumpstart a car and electrocute themselves and this thing came flying at my house? Like, I honestly do not know. Look, if they're jumpstarting it with this thing, there's something wrong. Right. Very, very big problem. But this thing was lodged. And we're talking about less than a foot away from it hitting my sliding glass door and that's why shattering I, it. That's why I thought Derek Carr threw it because it, he didn't hit the he didn't hit the target. He hit slightly target. behind it. I have no idea what happened, but there is now a giant dent in my back wall of my house. Could have it been left on your path, and someone was like walking their dog and just did like an underhand swing parabolic arc. Actually, let me look at the picture it's, again because it's, 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 it's straight on. Yeah, it's it's straight like on. the angle of Someone it makes it look that. like it came from, from below the ground yeah, right in my that. backyard. I don't know. There, there was a tool lodge in the side of my house. Does Trevor Bauer live near you? I know he's unemployed. <laughs> Making YouTube videos. Well, it could have been Joe Kelly because he always missed that net. Yeah, remember that the window in his house. The pitches he was making, he almost hit his house every time. So yeah, somebody is chucking tools at my house. What'd you do with the tool? It's in a in a little drawer. Oh, you didn't keep it? Yeah, yeah, we have. No, no, I mean, you didn't like. Oh, in the side of the house. Yeah, I would have just kept it there as like a memorial. I mean, it probably would have fallen out eventually, but yeah. It's just I don't know what happened, but somebody threw a tool. Someone threw it. It had to have. Someone threw it. The the only other explanation is like there's another dimension and there's a ripple in my backyard and it somehow got shot out of the other dimension into my house. Marcus Arroyo was a quarterback, right? (laughs) That would have been a snake. (laughs) Snake. Be, somebody, be, be somebody's in my backyard digging holes in a yeah digging holes and this came up instead of a snake. Some sort of wire cutters or 
bush trimmers came flying out and crashed into my house. These are more cutters. So yeah, so now my uh, Brandy is afraid to go outside because she <laughs> thinks flying there's going to be yeah. flying tools at her head. She thinks we're going to get decapitated if we walk in our backyard.